This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the New Books Network. The rise of artificial intelligence is on everybody's mind today. What is artificial intelligence, which is routinely abbreviated AI? What is it going to do to society? Will it take away our jobs? Can machines really think better than human beings? Isn't the creation of culture beyond the capacity of a machine? These questions and more gnaw at us as we try to make sense of the world that AI is bringing into being. Welcome to International Horizons, a podcast of the Ralph Bunch Institute for International Studies that brings scholarly and diplomatic expertise to bear on our understanding of a wide range of international issues. My name is John Torpy, and I'm director of the Ralph Bunch Institute at the Graduate Center of the City University of New York. We're fortunate to have with us today Luciana Lazzaretti and Stefania Oliva of the University of Florence in Italy, where I had the good fortune to spend a year once. Luciana Lazzaretti is Professor of Economics and Management in the Department of the same name at the University of Florence. She's Director of the Doctoral School of Social Sciences at the University of Florence and is also a member of the board of the Italian National PhD Program in Sustainable Development and Climate Change. She recently published a book titled The Rise of the Algorithmic Society and the Role of Arts and Culture, uh, which was published by Edward Elgar in 2023. Stefania Oliva is uh, assistant professor in economics and management at the University of Florence as well. She holds a PhD in economics from the University of Florence and was a research fellow there from 2017 to 2022. She and Professor Lazzaretti have co-authored a number of papers uh, together, including The Emergence of Artificial Intelligence in the Regional Sciences, a literature review, which appeared in the journal European Planning Studies. Thank you for joining us today, Luciana Lazzaretti and Stefania Oliva. 
Thank you so much to everybody. And first of all, I want to thank uh, Professor Claude for his kind invitation. And I also would like to thank also Professor uh, Zukin, that it is, uh, because we are here about her invitation, because she was so kind to do uh, an engagement to my book. So. This is very nice for me and uh, will be a pleasure also to do this kind of registration. Uh, I'm here with uh, Stefania Oliva that uh, works uh, in a project uh, that is an improvement of my book. And uh, I would be very happy if uh, at the end of this presentation, we can give you a general idea about uh, this uh, project. Okay. Thank you very much, Professor Torpe, for having us here. We are very honored to can share with you some of our research and our new future investigation on the topic of artificial intelligence and the role of culture. Great. Well, it's great to have you both here. And uh, obviously, as I said at the beginning of my introduction, uh, the topic you're working on is on everybody's lips and on everybody's minds. So uh, I expect this to be a very uh, illuminating conversation. So, but let's just start at the beginning. I mean, what what is artif artificial intelligence? Everybody's heard about it now, but probably very few people really know what it is. What kind of an innovation is it? And what would you say are its main features? Yes, what I have done in this book is something of different because I'm a professor of economics of culture. So I tried to tell another story about uh, this uh, artificial intelligence. So it's a story, it's a narrative story. It's not uh, indeed a technological one. Uh, I tried to use other lens to discuss about this question. Uh, in general, when we want to define artificial intelligence, you use a lot of concepts, a lot of tools, something like, I mean, big data, algorithm, machine learning, and so on. These are, are just concepts of tools. Uh, but my idea is that we have uh, artificial intelligence as a new technological and economic paradigm, starting from the study of Rima and Carlotto Perez, for instance. Because what is changed are not only the technological progress, but also the impact into the society. And when you speak about society, obviously you speak about the culture of the society. So uh, the general idea is to underline that uh, we arrive at this point uh, thanks to three main theories that uh, allowed this, uh, this rise, you know. Uh, network science, complexity science, and neuroscience. These three disciplines converge towards artificial intelligence. So everybody is speaking about that and a new discipline emerged. Which kind of discipline? The discipline is maybe called data science. And uh, artificial intelligence, big data, and machine learning are a complex ecosystem where humans and machine coexist. This was my idea. 
uh, artificial intelligence is an innovation, absolutely, a disruptive innovation. So we spend a lot of time to discuss about that if you want to speak in economics, you know. Mm -hmm. But I want to remember only some feature. I put uh, 10 features and discuss in my book about this feature because the book is divided in three parts mainly. Uh, the first part is, is start with to try a, a definition, an idea. I don't want to use the word definition, an idea uh, what artificial intelligence means. Uh, and then what is much important is the impact into the society because my book is about the rise of algorithm society at this point. So I try to collect some idea thanks to uh, a lot of friends that come from this discipline because this book was done uh, during pandemic and I get the possibility to read a lot of things. Thanks to a lot of friends, they come to different disciplines. So I would like to have a general idea about the contest. So the second part is about, uh, about this, how change the uh, society, which kind of tools we have and so on and so on. So I realize as an economist, I have to change everything. Mm. I have to change my view. And and I, I the, the second part, I discuss a little bit about impact in economic sense, much more in economic sense, but the most innovative part is the part that discuss the role of culture. The role of culture in the sense of art, art and culture, because I am Italian, you know, so for me, this is the perspective, but uh, the, uh, the culture may be both uh, two-faced, both maybe three, and an opportunity and can, be uh, something that facing the, the artificial intelligence give us uh, not a solution, but a perspective. This is in general the idea. So the feature are attractiveness, multidisciplinary, pervasiveness, is so speed, the connectivity, the transversality, the cross-fertilization, the disruptive character, and the opacity. So there is a big dark side of artificial intelligence too that we have to discuss. And I am here because I think that here, United States, because we have started before us to, uh, to use this kind of innovation, you can give us some insight about the future much more than we have in Europe because the phenomena start before here. So, uh, if you want to in, to speak about artificial intelligence, I try to stress uh, a dramatic story. It's a creative story. So I don't want to be like a computer scientist, you know, but as a professor of culture, as an artist, uh, because algorithmic society is a narrative of the past, an underlying past. Because everything is constructed on data that belong to the past, not to the future. So you manage information, but this information and data are information of the past. And you pretend to decide the future. Mm -hmm. So it's a story, the, the born of artificial intelligence, it's a story of creativity and counterculture. 
Uh, it all began in California in the last uh, 60 by a group of engineers, hackers, white males, and bit hippie. Most of them protest the Vietnam War, but some of them inside a garage dream to change the world. And the pioneers of the web are not afraid to take in account what never economists have to do. This is a unit of the analysis. Mm -hmm. The unit of the analysis for them were to analyze everything without setting limits or space and time, except those of the web. And this is completely the contrary of what we teach at our university. So this is a dream. And the dream now is not a dream anymore, is reality. Well, uh, who are the protagonists of this revolution? Uh, what have they done? What they live? So what is very important is to underline that inventors were engineers, scientific dimension. This was the point. Computer scientists, Brand, Bill, Job, Kutaraji, Zuckerberg, and so on. Everybody belong not to humanities. So normally in Italy, you think that creativity and art belong to humanities. No, in this case, we are discussing about science. And the other point is that it's a special science because it's not science for health, it's not science for, I mean, uh, biology. No, they focus on entertainment and communication. So you use science for entertainment and communication that normally belongs to social science, you know. And so we have a iPad, a phone, PlayStation, social network, and so on. So the impact in, is into the social dimension, first of all, than in scientific dimension. Can, can I just interrupt for a yeah. second? I mean, I, as it happens, I just heard Walter Isaacson the other night talk about his new book about Elon Musk. Oh. And you probably know his biography of Steve Jobs, okay. <laughs> but uh, and he was making the point that you know there was this uh, that Steve Jobs was very insistent that things weren't you know just strictly scientific, mm -hmm. uh, technical kind of developments that you know you had to also read you know culture you had to read literature you had to read uh, or know about you know artistic developments in order yes. to really create. I don't know if he intended a disruptive technology exactly, but to to uh, create something that really would change the world, right? It couldn't be purely a kind of uh, scientific, technical innovation, that that wouldn't really move the needle, as we say. No. So I wonder, I mean, it sounds like that's in effect what you're saying as well. So maybe yeah. Yeah. I find the right point of view to, right. to discuss. Right. About right. Right. Because I mean, at the end of the story, the the apple mm -hmm. is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the first time that you see something that is technical is beautiful. Right. So he, he want to enjoy to mm -hmm. to have a relation with mm -hmm. with technology. Mm -hmm. This is the point. Mm -hmm. So I, in this sense, I say some positive things because this is a vision of a creator. Mm -hmm. It's not only a vision of a scientist at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a, a, per, a special person. Mm -hmm. in, 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 we have find in, in our in our history such kind of, of, of person that combine 
Sati from uh, from Leonardo da Vinci. Well, I was going to say Leonardo da Vinci plays <laughs> a significant story. role in these people's thinking yes, about these what technologies. I think uh, that this is a very special moment uh, in our life because I I, I want to talk about Leonardo da Vinci because uh, uh, the cross fertilization among discipline mm -hmm. is particularly uh, important in this moment. At the end of the 90s, when I was a student, maybe some students listen to me now, I don't know, uh, uh, the things are quite clear, you know, or defined. When you're speaking about technology, we're speaking about technology transfer mainly, mm -hmm. because we have technology, we have the stable world and so on. And so for us, yes, we have done some revolution in 68, but mm -hmm. after there is sunny, you know, mm -hmm the horizon were clear mm -hmm. in a sense. Um, so this guy, I think, uh, that uh, thinks in a positive way, maybe... This guy being Steve Jobs. Yes, yeah. yes. The, 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 this is the point. Yeah. It's completely different from Elton Musk for me. Yes. Absolutely. Right. In, in, in this, I don't want to discuss about that, but I am discussing about creativity for creativity because they want to take care about everything. What well, the dream, first of all. And, and now it's much more practice, <laughs> I, I think. I don't know. Everybody is, a, is an inventor and an innovator. Mm. Both of them are. But I don't know enough. The story of uh, of uh, mask. No, I don't know. But before to go over, I want to stress another point that is important for me, that I am study uh, regional development. Mm -hmm. uh, this kind of innovation uh, was born in a creative place. Which creative place? University, mm -hmm. research center, startup, cultural district. So. It's important this point mm -hmm. because if you remember the story of of Zuckerberg, uh, uh, for instance, you you start with the story of social network in Boston and so on, mm -hmm. but to transform this idea into an innovation, you have to go to California because you need venture capitalists for that. Mm -hmm. So this is the relation between. Uh, the uh, innovation and invention mm -hmm. in some way. There is not the same things. Not every invention became innovation because innovation is an economic phenomenon. Mm -hmm. This was it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm sort of interested in, like you, you suggested at one point that this uh, technology is disruptive. And I'm, I'm sort of curious, you know, what does that mean? I mean, economists use the notion of a general purpose technology mm. like electricity mm -hmm. and the sort of propagation of electricity to homes and businesses and you know, industrial uh, installations and things like that. And I mean, is is uh, artificial intelligence, you know, a, a general purpose technology in the same way that's going to, you know, sort of make a massive difference in uh, in productivity? I mean, you probably know this famous comment of Robert's, the Nobel Prize winning economist Robert Solo about how, you know, we can see the productivity numbers of the, you know, computer revolution. Uh, I've forgotten now exactly how he put it, but we we can see the computer revolution everywhere except in the productivity numbers. I think was the thing. 
And so um, I guess I'm sort of wondering how you think about the economic kind of significance of this innovation. Uh, this innovation is disruptive in the sense that, uh, for instance, we use iPhone. Everybody and I, has and, and one. iPhone, uh, you have not anymore your clock, for instance. So we know <laughs> we don't have. So disruptive means that you don't need any more clock. Clock watch, is a a just watch. watch. Sorry. Yeah. It, it, it's just for collection. Right. Or, well, it's to keep I mean, track of your steps, yes. I think, and your heart rate. <laughs> so is disruptive about this reason? Because there is a concentration of use in the same tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening about the other the other firms doing the other things? So mm -hmm. they don't exist anymore because the function was done by another another tool. Yeah. And this is in the sense disruptive. Right. But it's also innovative. Mm -hmm. And started from the story of Schumpeterian, the Schumpeterian story mm -hmm. that the creativity is a disruptive creativity. So mm -hmm. when when you when creative destruction. Creative destruction. So, right. sorry, sorry. And and but but the change the change the change of digital transformation, I think now is much more uh, important for the social dimension because we have many transformation. I go back to to I, I have a look for to, to find again a definition. Mm. Uh, Stuart Brand says, mm. the inventor of the term personal computer, said, you cannot change human nature, but you can change tools. Mm. You can change techniques. And that way you can change civilization. Mm -hmm. And this is what happened with mm -hmm. iPhone. This was the point. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you want, I can continue about the change because the change are so important. I have discussed about uh, the change of the system of value, mm -hmm. the change of the logic of scientific discovery. Mm -hmm. The data are different. Mm -hmm. The research methodology, because I am a professor, I am a researcher, so what uh, I what we see now that we have to change completely our research methodology. Mm -hmm. uh, the business, the product, the sector are change, and uh, I think at also the nature of capitalism and the concept of work. There is a lot of important important. Uh, uh, analysis now on the concept of work, but uh, uh, also the role of culture and the territories is change. Mm -hmm. uh, I give some example if you want. Mm -hmm. uh, the value system uh, is different. What we had before, we think that we have to to do a very hard work. Now everybody speaking about pleasure. What is important is the substantial of the things. And now it's much more to speak about accessory. Uh, I, I give an example about uh, about uh, the, the meal. The young people now don't go to the dinner or to the lunch. They go to aperitif, aperit, uh, aperitize. Aperitivo. Aperitivo. To have a drink before. You have the drink before. So before dinner. The, or, yes, yeah. but, but normally, for instance, in Italy, they have only 
this one, they don't have a dinner. They just take uh, some uh, some tapas, uh -huh. some uh, something to drink, uh -huh. and that's all. And they go to event. They don't go to dinner because it's too expensive. Mm. This is one thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the specialization not so important, but it's much more important the communication. Mm -hmm. The true is not uh, only one, but we have another idea of post-true. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the space and the time are not defined, but became undefined because intangible things are not defined. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the human capital and the talent now became prosumers because they produce information for free, given this one. And uh, uh, the game, the game become an educational scheme for an entire society. And the most relevant cultural industry now is that one of video games. Before we discussing about books, we discussing about movie, we discussing about audiovisual and so on. And now, as an economist, you can say that the video game is the most important cultural industry in this time. Uh -huh. In this time, uh -huh. uh, this is a story. But I mean, I don't want this. Well, can I? Can I? intervene and just uh say that um you know your categories included or your your sort of before and after uh situations described or you know you mentioned truth and post-truth post and of course you know among the other things about ai that people are nervous about is you know and maybe most fundamentally this concern about whether truth is going to be in a way identifiable anymore I mean, basically, you know, a lot of this has to do with concerns about political misinformation or disinformation. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's also been, as you probably know, uh, a kind of movement in the social sciences and humanities in the last few decades that has itself called, you know, truth into question, right? I mean, that was not because AI generated papers that seemed like a real thing that somebody actually wrote, uh, but rather for various kinds of philosophical reasons, they doubted their, you know, the reliability, essentially, of truth. So, so I mean, I think this gets at one of the kind of ne very negative or potentially very negative aspects of AI, uh, uh, on which a lot of attention has been focused, it seems to me, in recent months and years. Uh, but then, you know, there's also the kind of uh, positive side of all this that you've, I mean, I, I keep thinking about a book that I read, I can't remember the author now, but it's called Fully, Aug Aug Fully Automated Luxury Communism. So in contrast to the, you know, this very worried view of what AI is going to do to us, you know, there's also this view that you know, we're kind of reaching the circumstances that in a way that Mark, Karl Marx, you know, predicted or hoped for 150 years ago that, you know, we could stop having to do all the drudgery and forcing people, you know, who have no other means of survival to do that sort of thing and, you know, get to the pleasure in life and, you know, do live out our dreams of what we think we could be and that sort of thing. So I'm curious, you know, how you would uh, it's a big, it's a big story, to eh? yeah. it's, a big story. it's a big uh, question this yeah. one so yeah. what i can say uh, is the true is multiple and depends on what perspective is considered mm -hmm. 
at the end of the story, it is nothing more than a shared process. Mm-hmm. You have to share the concept of, of truth. Mm-hmm. You can, because, I mean, uh, what I write in my book, uh, it's the Indian story of the six blind men and the elephant. Mm-hmm. Because everybody touched the right. different parts of the right. elephant, and everyone says a different truth. But at the end, they stay all together and said to the king the same thing. Because mm-hmm. it, you, they share, they share. Right. So, uh, uh, if uh, in this sense, you can say me also that uh, also at uh, at social network level, uh, there is some truth that are shared. Mm-hmm. For instance, mm-hmm. so there is not only a real dimension of the story, but uh, in any cases. Uh, the truth depends by the community of the humans that decide altogether that mm-hmm. one thing may be recognized as a true thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's not. I I don't think so, that uh, there is only a problem of artificial intelligence. The problem is the human to use artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because to be able to recognize if something is a fake or is a true, it depends by, at the end of the story, by education of the people and the capacity of the people to recognize the things and speak maybe with the other and say, maybe everybody is speaking about one thing. So these uh, things became true for the community, for the community. So... Uh, in Italian, you say "voce di popolo, voce di Dio," the voice of the people, the voice of God. God, yeah. uh, maybe uh, is not true, mm-hmm. but for the community, your reputation is that. Mm-hmm. And so, in it, it depends about to about to is is considered. There is a lot of philosopher, for instance, uh, Ferrari said that is speaking uh, a lot about the concept of true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I discuss a little bit uh, this uh, this question mm-hmm. into into the book, and uh, obviously uh, the the artificial intelligence in uh, in this topic is very relevant, mm-hmm. and uh, and we have to have then new tools to to recognize these things. Uh, when I write this book, uh, ChatGPT doesn't exist mm-hmm. because I right. finish. The book uh, during the pandemic yes. so that, that was uh, 2020 mm-hmm. and uh, in two years everything changed mm-hmm. so um, the speed of this phenomena is right. not uh, um, it's too difficult for the humanities because right. the adaptation that mm-hmm. we need uh, is not a physiological adaptation to right. this phenomena right. so you can believe or not believe, mm-hmm. I. Uh, but you need to go back to the critical capacity of the people. So in this sense, I think uh, that education is very important. Just to give you an example, what I thought about the story of ChatGPT when I go back uh, to Italy, I'm, I'm thinking here about that. How, how can I can manage these tools? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the first, uh, the first week, I can say to my students, please close your phone, or your, or your computer, and we discuss. Mm-hmm. 
the day, the week after, we can uh, give uh, them uh, uh, research topics mm-hmm. on ChatGPT mm-hmm. and see what emerge, and then the other the other week discuss together that one and mm-hmm. try to go in depth to mm-hmm. the different argument, but at the oral dimension, mm-hmm. not right, right. oral, because right. I want to see the person directly to see the eyes and so on. So if they had understand, you mm-hmm. you recognize. Uh, but if you remain always online, mm-hmm. if you remain always uh, mediated by the tools, mm-hmm. it's difficult to do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, go back to the method and the scientific uh, research. Uh, one thing uh, that was impressive uh, for me that uh, is the story of uh, of, of, of data. Mm-hmm. Because for us, uh, for her, maybe for Stefania, and for uh, for uh, for you, maybe um, the data are not always accessible, mm-hmm. and uh, and we have to work hard to find information mm-hmm. and to collect, and then try to theorize and formulate a hypothesis and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, now the data uh, are uh, for free, mm-hmm. maybe manipulate. Uh, the data are um, researched to find the only correlation, because what is important to have a lot of data and find correlation and similarity to identify the emerging partners from big data. Mm-hmm. So that means uh, the story of the theory uh the the data the data are, are speak uh speaks by themselves mm-hmm. is what uh, they the some speak com- for themselves for themselves uh, mm-hmm. what, what says some uh, some uh, some computer scientist mm-hmm. this was the point so we are in the era without theory mm-hmm. and this is another big problem so right. we discuss about that which kind of theory mm-hmm. for a data driven society right and, and this is uh, another important point. So the competition is not anymore to the capacity to theorize or to do some uh, some exercise with uh, mathematics and with statistics and so on. Mm-hmm. But the competitive advantages is the computational capacity of, of the algorithm mm-hmm. and the access to the database. So is a financial Mm-hmm. capacity mm-hmm. in some way mm-hmm. uh, and this is another big problem right right well i mean this has been a fascinating exploration yes. but i wanted to give uh stefania and i realize i've been mispronouncing your name but uh no problem. I, I wasn't sure where yeah. the accent fell um but you were going to tell us a little bit about the project that you're doing, kind of growing out of this. Yes, this because after project, after or? this book, uh, after this book, uh, that uh, there is no number in this book, just reflection. And this is very small book. I see. Uh, and this is, was uh, an objective yeah. uh, for me. Right. Not too many words. Right. Just uh, some purpose. Mm-hmm. And then we have done a lot of a lot of work, also using the economics methodology. Mm-hmm. We, we try to use uh, to compare econometrics with machine learning, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and topy modeling mm-hmm. and and other other techniques that we want to try which kind of results give you right. this instrument or the other right. but uh, in general we uh, this was by the side of methodology mm-hmm. by the side of of the problem mm-hmm. the problem our our interest uh, was uh, into the um, European project uh, that was named Change, uh, Cultural Heritage and Active Innovation for Next Generation mm-hmm. Europe, mm-hmm. was about uh, the city of art. Because mm-hmm. I am studying for a long time uh, city and mm-hmm. a special city of art uh, such as uh, Florence and New York, because mm-hmm. for me, New York is also a city of art and not sure. only other things. Yeah. And uh, this is the topic in which one uh, Stefania is uh, involved. If you want to say something about that. Okay, please do. Yes. Yes, thank you. Yes, as Professor Lazaretti told, uh, inspired by her work, Mm -hmm. several research projects have started, uh, funded by the Next Generation Europe Fund, that is Mm -hmm. the the fund uh, coming from the recovery after COVID. Uh, and um, especially the project in which we are involved uh, put to the center the topic of cultural heritage and how cultural heritage can have a role uh, in front of the new societal challenges Mm -hmm. such as those of climate change Mm -hmm. but especially these of artificial intelligence and digital transition. Mm -hmm. Um, We are studying this topic in a very uh, wide research group uh, of different university from Italy mm-hmm. uh, and uh, as our department of economics uh, at the University of Florence we are especially working working on the um, cultural policies for the city transformation and the governance of art cities mm-hmm. uh, and the role of uh, cultural organization in the digital transition of the of city of art. Uh, we are doing especially uh, three specific research. One is on the city of Florence to try to understand how the um, digital technologies and in cultural organization are changing the reputation of the city and the image of the city, uh, particularly mm-hmm. uh, looking at the case of Uffizi galleries and uh, the use of uh, social media in the Uffizi galleries and how this can influence uh, the transformation of the city in the image mm-hmm. of the city mm-hmm. and then uh, working on two Italian uh, f- former capital of culture mm-hmm. uh, that are the city of Pistoia and the city of Brescia mm-hmm. uh, also in this case to try to understand which can be the role of cultural organization and the use uh, of new digital tools to um, uh, uh, support uh, mm-hmm. the revitalization and transform- transformation and adaptation to the city in uh, the context of digital transition mm-hmm. uh, to drive a cultural aid um, uh, generation pro- transformation process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are we have started the, this project uh, in the 
next um, first year first months of the 2023 mm -hmm. so we are still ongoing processes mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we are um, we have just the, some first results in terms of publication and mm -hmm. and presentation of mm -hmm. uh, of this project but we will see what would happen next uh, with uh, going uh, ahead with these uh, researches great well you'll have to come back and Tell yeah. us when you when you have some <laughs> yeah. results, how that project has worked out. But that's it for today's episode. I want to thank Luciana, Luciana Lazzaretti and Stefania Oliva for their insights into the coming of artificial intelligence and its consequences for contemporary society. Look, look for us on the New Books Network and remember to subscribe and rate International Horizons on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I want to thank Osvaldo Mena Aguilar for his technical assistance and to acknowledge Duncan McKay for sharing his song International Horizons as the theme music for the show. This is John Torpy saying thanks for joining us and we look forward to having you with us for the next episode of International Horizons.